Hey, this is Jeff. Grab yourself a cup of coffee and join us at the table as we talk to another great leader about faith, church, and leadership. Welcome to the Leadership Trip. We have a young man who my daughter says is TikTok famous. Two rules. Number one, don't use young man again. It makes us look old. Can't do that. Number two, Every time I use TikTok, I lose four hours of my life, and I have no idea where they went. <laughs> they went to this young man right here, Grayson Bearden. Uh, full-time job. He's a youth pastor at Journey Church, Corpus Christi, Texas, but done an incredible job being a social media pastor. As we were talking, his TikTok following is about a 1.8 million yeah. followers, but an authentic, incredible young man, and we are excited to have you on the show. And you mentioned you're doing um, – ministry in a live location so you 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 mentioned at the beginning that the youth pastor at a church there in texas how are those two worlds overlapping and how are they held in tension it's uh it's very interesting it's it's a it's a balance between both because my my roles at the church are shifting especially with everything kind of going on with the ministry i'm doing online um god's doing a lot with just kind of pushing me into new places so my responsibilities are kind of moving in different ways. Uh, but at the end of the day, I care about my city. And my responsibility is to minister to what's happening here where I'm planted. Um, so helping with the student ministry, helping grow what God's doing under my parents' leadership here at the church is, is my priority because that's what God has called me to do. But since when we all got put in quarantine, had to, had to go home for a bit, we began to stretch our legs as a church and say, again, how can we – how can we be a window of hope online? So a lot of people around the world that watch and participate in what I do, and by the way, that, it's just crazy, just the, the reach that this has from Africa to Europe to South America to Asia. All, a lot of these people are now funneling through my TikTok to our church online. And we're seeing, we have seen our church now move to a reach where we're reaching more people online than we are in the physical building. Um, so we as a church now are coming up with creative ideas on how to do discipleship online through virtual media, um, how to minister to people through our, our, our live streams and create new departments in our church to have an online prayer team. Uh, and it's, it's been really neat because God is stretching the legs of the church to help us grow in this area because the world's online and we have to come to them. Yeah. So it's been a shift. It's been, it's been difficult, but it's been a shift. So a little over a year ago, Jeff and I kind of were sitting down running through some ideas. This is before you even launched the, launched the podcast. I think the original idea was to write a book that, mm. that had a discussion about um, digital discipleship, this idea of digital discipleship. And I guess, you know, depending on who you read, yeah. depending on what their, maybe even what their theological sort of underpinnings or positions are, um, can discipleship be done digitally that's a great question and you're, you're going to get so many divided answers on it um let, let me start with this one of the one of the biggest god movements moments that happened with me doing online ministry to date was when i did an online baptism service and just me saying that some people would be like what what, what is that i did i put out a thing on tiktok saying hey if god's moved in your life if you've encountered life change let's make that Inward transformation, a public declaration. So I went on my Instagram. I went live and we guested people on from uh, London to Nigeria, South America and the Philippines, even here in the States. Over a hundred people 
they went on, they went on live with me and I baptized them over the phone. They either got in their pool, in their bathtub, in their sink, wherever they were able to get water and just submerge themselves to have the, uh, that declaration of being made new, washed clean. We did it on a live stream. And that kind of helped me understand, okay, this is shifting how we do ministry. Right. And I, I 100, 100% believe that discipleship can't be done online. If we're able to work from home and connect with people through Zoom calls and Zoom board meetings and, and do our work over that, why can't we have relationship and help disciple people through an online space? And that's what we are trying to do in, in planning and creating this, this new wave of how we do ministry at our church. How can we reach people and connect them and build a team that can disciple through, through online life groups, online next step classes, DNA class, how you teach the heart of our house. So I think it totally can be done. Yeah. Cool. I, I think, I think that's the, the, the challenge everybody feels in this conversation is um, I think we've learned that we can, we can deliver content online. Like that's a, that's a no brainer. We know how to do that. Yeah. The, the tension we have is how do we develop relationships? Because yeah. discipleship, we believe and feel is life on life, heart on heart, you know, that overlap of life. Um, and, and it's been sort of this tension when we were in the last season where we were forced to sort of stay at home, didn't have an yeah. option. Um, that yeah. we learned, everybody learned that we had to do something online, whether it be church online, yeah. or discipleship online, we had to all kind of adjust. Um, I think that's the tension we hold is how do we keep it? communal how do we keep mm. it really connectable um we talked about rashawn copeland and, and we did the interview with him and, and listen if i could have came through the screen and hugged rashawn i would because his right religious. we still need that we still need the yeah 100 how do we hold those two things in tension of of knowing we can deliver content and even be communal but we still need that connection yeah i, I think it goes back to understanding that the church is not called to be a window. It's yeah. called to be a house. Mm-hmm. And, and through the house, you have the ministry of helps. You have helping the widow and the orphan, helping the sick, helping the less fortunate, um, and building your community. You can't forget about your street. Uh, so I don't, think, I don't think it's ever going to replace um, physical connection, but I do think it's going to complement it. Yeah, 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 that's good. Let's, uh, let's switch gears just for a second. Let's kind of take the social media piece off the table, although I don't know that we could ever cleanly separate it. <laughs> that includes Gen Z, right? Yeah. Social media generation, right? So first fully digitally native generation that's ever lived. Yeah. So you're, you're a generational leader. You're heavy in the Gen Z community. You, I mean, you obviously lead other, other generations as well, but, but what are you seeing right now uh, that, that maybe is is positive about Gen Z and church engagement, and maybe some things that we need to to look at fixing in terms of Gen Z and church engagement. I think the church, in its history in in the modern age, and I want to be careful how I say this because I I don't want this to come across that I'm bashing bashing church ministry at all, yeah. but I do think it's been very performance driven. Um, we, we live in a culture that, that is so reality TV driven and that is so not reality. Um, and it's very, very performance driven. And I think Gen Z has just seen right through it. And uh, I think they see right through it in ministry as well. Amen. They can tell when someone steps up and it's all a show. Um, they, they are a generation that tragedy has become numb to them. 
because it's every day, every week, something new. I mean, look at what we're in right now in our world. It's been one thing after another. Um, and they, they're so quick to move through it by humor. I mean, and that's what I see on TikTok. I mean, I scroll through my For You page and it's, it's making light not to make fun, but to cope mm-hmm. uh, with, what, with what's happening through, through our content that we're seeing. I think we, we have to help this generation not become numb to emotion or to just push it under the rug. Jesus was an emotional person. He experienced anger. He experienced sorrow. He experienced fear in moments. I mean, even when we look at him in the garden, he was talking to his father saying, Lord, if I don't have to do this thing, yeah. let this cut pass from me. But if your will be done. I think we have to help this generation get back to the heart of what ministry is and what Christianity is and not make Christianity a trend online. Another thing that we see in culture, another, I know, I know we're not getting trying to steer from the social media sphere of things, but again, that's just a part of who I am. So it's hard not to go back to it. Help remind them of what it means to truly be a Christian, not just have a platform of a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the, I think that's the challenge. Like, like everybody's out to have a platform of some sort. Like that's, yeah. even if it's, you know, we've, we've said it in, in good ways here that yeah. you have 10 people who follow you, you have influence. Yeah. If you have a million people, you still have the same level of influence. It's just you have over a million people. Influence yeah. influence. And what True. you say matters, what you do matters. And mm. living out this faith, whether it's in front of five people or 5,000 people, you yeah. still have to live out this thing called faith. Yeah. Um, what I love about what you do, Grayson, online and, and on, on multiple platforms I follow you, is you, you always have a, a message and you use the word of God. In a, in a Gen Z culture where, where truth is fluid and what mm-hmm. I believe is true is true, there is no standard of truth except what I believe <laughs> to be true. That's how they accept it. How are you engaging, I don't want to say combating, because I don't know if it's that, how are you engaging mm. this generation to say, hey, look, this Bible is the truth. Yeah. And what is the response to that? Do you want to go there? Because I can go there. I'd love to go there, yeah. So I, I come from a very broken past. Um, I, I come from drug addiction and, and sexual immorality. I was so confused with my sexual identity. Um, and I was, I was going to live it out. And I ran away from the Lord and my family. And what ended up happening in my life was my family chose to love me through my pain. And that's what turned my heart. I think we've seen so many people who are trying to scream their opinion and the truth and the word of the Lord, because this thing, this thing is infallible. It will never not be true. Never not be true. But I think the way you share it to this generation is so important in how it's received, because they have seen people for the last several years, screaming for their voice to be heard, saying, you need to change this and change that. God told me one day, he said, Grayson, when you, when you speak on these hard topics, come through it with the humble spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that's how, that's how they're going to receive. I, I'm, I'm about to, next, uh, at the end of this month, I'm going to be sharing my story on Daystar with Joni and, and, and Marcus and talking about how God brought me out of homosexuality and brought me out of drug addiction. And it's going to be a painful, painful, uh, painfully received by many people online. Yeah, yeah. But I know that if I continue to walk in humility, to walk in grace, to use that still small voice that comes from the Lord and the Holy Spirit, then I'm that I'm covered because I'm not screaming for my voice to be heard. 
I'm just trying to get my message across through the love of God, with the love of God, carrying that in my heart. And I think that's what this generation needs. We don't need another person screaming at them, telling them how to change. You know, with all this stuff going on in our world, especially right now with the injustice, the, the Lord kind of revealed to me saying, hey, people don't always need your advice. Sometimes they just need your heart. Sometimes you just need to stop and listen before you, you bring input just to hear what they're saying. And that's how I try to approach these hard topics, especially in these divided topics in our world here in the States as well. I mean, just, just be humble. And I, 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 even if there's somebody listening to this in ministry or someone that has influence over people, be humble. Be humble and listen and walk in that grace because that's truly what's going to see differences made in people's lives when you love them through because love is what turns the hearts. Yeah, I love that because humility is not passivity. Mm. It's not, it's not saying, Hey, it's okay. You can do whatever you want. I'm here for you. I love Correct. And I think, I think a lot of people assume if you're not direct, listen, speak the truth, speak the truth in love. Right. I mean, yeah, I think, I think we've, we've confused humility and, and, and passivity on so many different levels that it's been, wow, really, that's a word. It's been really hard to entangle that. And I think, yeah. I think we can, we can be humble, be honest, be authentic without being compliant or compromising. Yeah. There's an art in that. And I think, I think as, as pastors, as leaders, as people who preach and teach the gospel, I think we, we owe it to not only to ourselves as communicators, but we owe it to the kingdom of God to, to hone that art, to, mm -hmm. to redefine that art, so that what we're saying is being heard, not just by us, yeah. but by the people we want to receive it. Because any... Yeah. Listen, you listen, bro. You know anybody can get up on a stage and flat foot, you know, preach and get it out there. Yeah. In, in our in our Pentecostal yeah. sort of heritage and denomination, we've yeah. seen it. I mean, I mean, we've seen it, right? Yeah. Uh, we know it. Yeah. But the point is, the question is, is always what you're saying is, are people actually listening? Mm -hmm. And humility and passivity are not the same thing. And I think there's a way. So especially in a social media context, especially in the Gen Z context, for us to share the gospel yeah. in a humble way that is received well, that it establishes a better foundation for relationship. That's and so good. the hard part, I think, for a lot of churches, and again, listen, Jeff and I are so pro-church, we, we, when we sweat, we sweat church. When we yeah. bleed, we bleed church. We are local yeah. church. Love the church. Love local yes. church, right? But at the same time, we have to remember the gospel never changes, but the method mm. always change. Yeah. They have always changed. I love Andy Stanley. He said, um, the, the be married to the message, date the methods. Like, yeah. like the, the message doesn't, you know, which is the message doesn't change, but the how we go about it, how we, and I think you said something that struck me, Rob, is we share the gospel and to echo Grayson, we don't need to shout the gospel. Yeah. There's enough shouting going on and, and, yeah. and there's enough. There's a whole lot of people yelling. Yeah. Right yeah. Yelling <laughs> narrative, yelling it's true. Um, sharing it is, is me going, Hey, I've got something that I care about and I love and I want you to have it as well. Yeah. But that's a whole different story than you going than me beating you up with the gospel message. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, well, look, look at, look at one of the greatest men, I believe one of the greatest communicators, communicators we, we will know in history, Robbie Zacharias. Yeah. Any time he spoke or he had a debate or conversation, he said, I hear what you're saying. Let me respond this way. 
such a meekness, such a kindness and graciousness in his voice. And, and it came across and received very well. Yeah. I, I think we as people of faith, sometimes in our zeal, we can stand with such an aggressive platform. But if we just walk in that humility, like y'all are saying, Rob and Jeff, I, I really believe we can see a generation bring Christ back to culture because we choose to walk with our knees on the ground, our head held low in that humility. Yeah. And I think the tension, and, I, and I'll, I'll be quiet on this point after this, I, I think the tension with us sharing the gospel is, do we want the gospel to be heard or do we want to be right? Mm -hmm. We shout when we feel like we need to be right. Mm. Does that make sense? And I, this is not about no, it does. reference. Like, like we're all for Pentecostalism. Like we, we will shout. Yeah. We'll Come shout. on, let me tell you. <laughs> well, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. But my point is when you, when people think about an argument or a conversation, I've been married for 24 years yesterday. Jeff's been married. Oh, awesome. for a while, right. You know what I'm saying? When anytime in, a, in an argument with my wife, when one of us want to be right, we escalate our mm -hmm. tones. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. When we're having a conversation with somebody, we're trying to share the gospel and it gets tense. We have to avoid the temptation to escalate our tone to me being right. Mm. I don't know if I'm making yeah, sense. Yeah, no, no. And I'm, I'm reflecting back on the conversation we just had with Jesse Davis. And she talked about, she kept saying this phrase that I love now, setting the table. Like mm. if, we, if we have a conversation at a table, if we're having dinner together. That dinner conversation is different than a standing on opposing sides debating. Yeah. So, so maybe the, the shift is let's have more dinner conversations and less debates, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what you do so well, Grayson. And I, I want to compliment you. you again. When I watch your TikToks, there's always an empathy in your voice. There's always a care. I don't know if you have somebody specific in mind or if you have the whole world in your mind, but <laughs> you, you always have this this empathetic tone and this care about you that that what you're saying you're not trying to convince them you're just trying to care for them yeah. and i think that's a huge thank you and especially with gen z like they want to feel cared for like yeah. they want to feel like they belong um and us beating them up with a message is never going to do it yeah yeah i i even look at what's happening right now in our country people who are very hurt people who are dealing with a wound that goes back generations, decades, even centuries here in the States. And right now that, that scar that has not healed has been, has been opened up again. And people in their, in their hurt are trying to express what they feel. And so many evangelicals and people that I've seen on social media, and it's, it's, it's wounded me so much to the point of tears, you guys are responding, trying to say, hey, just stop making so much noise. Let's just, let's just slap a scripture on this. It's going to be all right. We're going we're gonna to get over this. We're going to heal. Before we respond, let's just take a moment to hear the hurt so we can heal together. We have to hear what's going on when people make a sound. And if we don't listen, this is going to happen again. If we don't listen to the hurt that people are feeling, if you don't listen to why your wife is upset with you for not taking out the trash when she asked you, She's going to be mad next time she asks you and you don't do it. Hear why she's hurting. Hear, hear behind the statement of what they're saying. Yeah. Listen. I, I just want to encourage people, man. We have to listen. Because if we don't listen, then we're just responding out of our own truth and not somebody else's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Let's kind of shift gears again here for a second. Um, because you're a person that's in front of the camera a lot. Yeah. Um, and one of the big questions, and I think historically, you know, 
one of the unfortunate um, sort of realities and narratives that a lot of quote camera preachers or TV preachers or televangelists get. Yeah, is that they're not the same person in front of the camera as they are off the camera, and I think in some ways that is probably true just by the sure. nature of the fact that you're in front of a camera and you're not in front of a camera, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I guess I could. If people weren't really authentic, I could walk around in my Crocs and socks. That but is you. I, Amen. <laughs> okay, so you Crocs. But you know what I'm saying. Of course, we're all going to be a little bit different off the camera than we are on the camera. That's not what I'm saying. The point is, there becomes questions of integrity, right? So how have you been able to maintain sort of that in, that integrity both on and off the camera as you've as you've evolved in this massive sort of social media following in TikTok world, uh, Instagram sure. world, et cetera? A lot of what I do, I, I try not to be such a Christian person that I only hang out with Christian people. And because of my platform on TikTok, I've connected with a lot of people on TikTok who aren't Christian creators. They're they're heavy hitters on the platform. You know, they they have tens of millions of followers, way more than I do. That's a following I won't ever understand. But when I'm around some of these people, you see their, you see their profile, but in person, so shy, so timid, so, so just kind of shut off sometimes. And then you see the pride in some people as well. I want to be sure that anytime I step onto my platform, I'm the same person you see when you come to my church and you meet me in my church or you see me in the line at Chick-fil-A. Um, and I'm thankful that I stand on a platform of the word because that makes it not about me and it makes it about him. Anytime pride steps on a stage, Jesus steps right off and you can smell it. And I know y'all can, especially as spirit-filled Pentecostal people, you can smell when that pride comes in the room, when somebody is not walking in that authenticity. So I really try to surround myself with people that keep me grounded. My fiance, she She's not a, a social media, like, I'm not marrying somebody who is all caught in it. <laughs> and I'm very thankful for that. She is very grounded. She is, she, she's into the reality of today when I'm in the re reality of what's online. Um, she helps me so much. Just keep me grounded. And I, I, I'm not afraid to have real conversations with my friends that say, hey, I'm struggling in this area. This temptation came, came back. And I don't know why I'm wanting to go do this or go here or whatever. I, I'm, I'm not afraid to get real and be vulnerable about it. And I think when people understand that your pastors, your people in ministry are real people that have real issues and we aren't afraid to talk about it, that helps build their faith and encourage them that, hey, they struggle too. And that helps them get stronger, realizing that when we are weak, he is made strong. So we can't be afraid to admit our weaknesses, not just act like we got it all together all the time. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think one of the things we've learned from this show, from life, from just existing, I guess, as human beings, people are people. They sure. may have a platform and they may have notoriety and they may have a following or, or any of these things, but at the end of the day, they're a person. Yeah. And, and we get in conversations with this and with, with leaders and we get in conversations with people like yourself who have notoriety. At the end of the day, we're all human beings. And we have yep. hurts and we have struggles and we have a need to be dependent on the Lord. Like, and it doesn't change. Like, and I think that's some of the struggle with people of notoriety, especially we don't look at them as human beings anymore. 
we look at them as brands. We look at them as having it all. And, and, and we've seen some, some incredible leaders who, who have lost their life to suicide. We've seen other leaders just fall from grace. And we think yeah. they had it all. Why would, why would that happen to them? Yeah. And we forget the humanity of the people behind the screen. Mm, and I that's think true. That's the significance we got to keep in mind, no matter how many people follow anybody, there's a person there. And we talked about before created in the image of God. They are mm. an individual who is fractured and in need of Jesus or a, a follower of Jesus trying to figure it out and be a better disciple. And they're still a person. Yeah. They're not just an image. They're not just a brand. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's, if we come full circle in the conversation, one of the things about TikTok is the gravitational pull to it is the, the capacity to be human on that side of it. Yeah. Like to just look at somebody and go, Hey, they're a goofy dancer, just like me. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and they struggle with this, but they found hope in Christ. And yeah. it's one of the beauties of where I hope we're moving with, cause we're never going to be offline again. Let's, unless the world shuts down, we're going to be in social media. We're going to have some sort of platform. We're going to have yeah. some sort of medium that, that we curate. My hope is as, as people, we're getting more and more authentic to go, Hey, this is who I am. Mm. And, and, you know, for people to accept one another and their authenticity, um, because it wasn't the beginning point. I mean, it wasn't the beginning point with Facebook. It wasn't the beginning point. I remember when selfies became the big thing and everybody was posing and all these type of things and everything was curated and posed. Yeah. And all of a sudden we got so desperate for authenticity. And I'm hoping that's where we're moving back towards is this place of yeah. going, I can, I'm going to show you the reality of who I am. Um, yeah. And, and, and love me for that. Um, and I think that's a significant point. And, and again, I, I've complimented you probably four or five times. So I'm like, the, the things I appreciate, I've got five kids, all of them on TikTok, and I've all been like, y'all need to go follow Grayson, you know, oh. uh, because of that authenticity. Um, yeah. Now I tell them to go follow Rashawn too, because Rashawn, I love just the, the joy that Rashawn shares. Yes. Love but that, the, man. But both of you guys, if, if there's a similarity, if there's a crossover, it's yeah. that the authenticity that you bring to the platform and that you, at the end of the day, your followers, the people watching know you're human beings. Yeah. Mm. You know, Christian influencer is such a new term. Yeah. And, yeah. and I want to be sure as someone who is going to be a defining factor of what that is, I want to make it known that the Christian influencer will be an authentic person that's real not just a, not just a posed selfie or a, or a slap of scripture on a Bible verse kind of guy that just BSs your way through it. Cause that's what a lot of people do. Yeah. A lot of people try and try and make it be this thing of I'm going to post this for, for clout or for hype for what the kids say. I, I don't want to just go with the flow. I want to be someone that, that moves with the spirit and with, with these young people that we're seeing online, we're seeing a lot of young people, 15 year olds, teenagers who are getting heavy, heavy influence on this platform. Now it's not just the pastors who are being a voice for our generation. It's normal everyday people. And me as an older brother in their life, I want to be sure I'm someone that I try, anytime I see them on the platform, I try to follow a teenager or a kid that I see that's making a difference because I want them to know I'm in their corner and that I can be someone in the background. I don't need their platform. I just need their heart. I want them to know that I, I want to pour into them, speak into them, encourage them, because it is such an isolating place, you guys, for these people on social media that have influence. Right. It puts you in this bubble 
to where you feel like you can't, sometimes you can't express what you're feeling, what you're going through because you're afraid you'll be judged. Um, so making sure that you have that community and that goes back to Christianity in its own, having that community of people that you can pour into and be vulnerable, be real with. It is so important that we don't put our influencers in this bubble and hold them to this degree of being a perfect person, but we pray for them and make sure they have people in their corner that are there for them. Yeah. Ironically, I think the, the question will be, uh, will the greatest amount of persecution come from outside the church or inside the church as we move towards this more authentic sort of uh, reality, which I believe we absolutely are. And maybe that's yeah. a question for a different day. But. Well, and I think, I think my fear, not, yeah, I'll use the word fear, is these young teenage influencers who, who rise so quickly to notoriety. That's hard to handle. Um, it is. They, need, they yeah. need pastors. They need voices. They need big brothers in their life to help them navigate what what that weight comes with you know Um, because it would be easy you know to especially as you as you gain um ground to just do it for the cloud to just to just do it to gain more followers to 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 not really and i think that's when the authenticity gets lost is that Mm. is you start doing it because the, the the trick is if i do this people like it people respond People comment, and I get more followers. If I do this, and I'm a becomes a, uh, but yeah. but sometimes the strategy becomes very self-serving. Yeah, uh, and I think that's it's, listen. If I was 15, and we've said this when we were in our 20s, we were undergraduates here, and and some young adults we've talked to were in their 20s and have significant platforms, significant space in the kingdom of God, get significant yeah. opportunities to speak. If if you and I had that at 22, 24, it would have been terrible. Like we would have been, I'll speak for me, Rob. You were probably much more humble than I was. I was an arrogant fool at 22. Yeah. Probably way more humble. Yeah. I was an arrogant fool at 22. And it's probably why like, God didn't give me that space, you know, yeah. because because the, the the proclivity for pride quickly comes. Mm. You know, and, and Grace, you can chime in on this if you want. I don't think that's just a generational issue, though. I think the medium is different, but I think it's a human issue. Yeah. Yeah, I think it always comes down to a condition of the heart, a motivation of the heart, yeah. whether being led by the spirit or led by the flesh. I mean, it's really comes yeah. down to that simple conclusion, right? I agree. I, I, I think one thing I try to encourage, I'm a part of several group chats and message boards with all these, a lot of influencers on the app. And one thing I try to say routinely is let's make sure we're not chasing virality and covering it with the veil of doing it in the name of evangelism. Yeah. Because that is when it becomes so dangerous and so poisonous. And I, I just think about David, you know, Lord, search my heart. Know me. And that is my prayer daily. Father, look inside of me and reveal any spoiled fruit or any rotten root that may be sitting in my life. And, that, and that's something we as people of influence and we as Christians in general need to do every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Because it would, like we said earlier, no matter who you're influencing, you're influencing somebody. I love what you just said. That might be the quote of the show for me is don't confuse virality and evangelism. There's Mm -hmm. a whole lot there that we don't have any time to dig into today. (laughs) (laughs) Next time. We're getting close to our time and we know, we know we've we've pushed short of the limit and we thank you so much uh, for taking, taking your time to come talk to us on the show. And I'm so glad we finally got this done, but there's one question we, we ask every guest on the show uh, when they come on and, 
uh, we would like to know is what is one lesson that you learned in college that did not take place in the classroom? Man, what a question. So I, as a sophomore in high school, I left to be a ballet dancer. I trained in Portland, Oregon, Atlanta, Georgia, went to Asia and danced. I never finished high school. Um, I never got to finish my, uh, my educational uh, journey uh, in a standard classroom. I got my GED and everything, went and did some Bible classes as well. But don't follow somebody else's intellectual path and expect the same result. Um, God gives you a vision. He gives you a dream. Let him lead you and guide you and equip you to follow through with that because obedience unlocks the blessing, but you have to listen for his voice to follow it. Yeah, obedience unlocks the blessing. We've heard that a lot on the show. Yeah. So, Grayson, thanks, my friend. How can we stay connected to you? Man, you can find me anywhere, uh, Grayson.Bearden on TikTok, and then Grayson Bearden on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, anywhere far and in between. Uh, yeah, that's it. Awesome. As we always say, you have a seat at the table. Thanks, my friend. Thank thanks. you, guys. Hey, friends, thanks for listening to this episode of The Leadership Drip. We loved having you at the table for this conversation. Would you do us a favor and comment, rate, subscribe, and share on your social media? That way we can get this content to other great leaders. And stay connected with us on Instagram at The Leadership Drip and on Twitter at Leadership Drip. And remember, you have a seat at the table.